I almost have a comfort zone in being judged. Like it's almost a place of comfort for people to judge me. Cause then I know what their feelings are of me. And then it's like, then I'm basing who I am off of like the reaction that I'm getting from somebody because of their judgment of me. Like if they think I'm something, then I'm that person. It, it messes with our heads so much. And it's actually just, it's, I mean, it's, it's very sad. And I think again, like being on the bachelor, it was a totally different perspective on being judged. Those judgments of other people start to impact how we think about ourselves. And so it's really important to get super, super confident and just like strong about, I don't care about your judgments of me. You know, the only judgments that matter are the judgments that you have, but it is, it's like the things mm -hmm. that we want to believe about ourselves. I think that's who you are. That's who you should, you should be. That's who you live as, you know? Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. This happens to be your first time joining us. Welcome to the family. All you regular listeners, welcome back. Today we talk about the fun world of reality TV. The good, the bad, the ugly. My next guest is known for her time on The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. She, like many, has had a major life shift since being on the show and breaking free from the character that is portrayed and the judgments of others and stepping into her own authentic self. She's a soon to be author with the hopes of empowering others. She's also a big fan of poetry and art. And we get into all of that today. So her name is Annalise Puccini. We've become good friends over the last few months. Came, we were introduced actually through uh, another good friend of mine, Samantha Joy who has introduced me to so many people. She's awesome and is working with me on the University of Adversity Summit. She introduced me to Annalise a few months back and I was really intrigued by her story. And, you know, this reality TV world is a crazy world. And I really wanted to find out what that was like because I know it wasn't easy for her. I know she had some challenges, but she is She's learned so much from it and her attitude and just how empowered she is versus being a victim is just inspiring. So I really think you guys will get a lot out of this. Um, you know, I had a friend that I used to, you know, be pretty close with was in the bachelor and bachelorette, Caitlin Bristow. And I remember when I was in Australia, I couldn't watch the show, but I remember hearing about, you know, some of the, some of the, the hate that she got over social media and all that. And when I heard about Annalise and the opportunity to dive into her story, I really wanted to hear more about that because I, I haven't really been able to unpack that from anybody who's actually been on the show yet. Um, and it's really interesting to me. And I really think that the perception that we have of reality TV versus what is actually going on while they're filming it are two different things. And I haven't really watched reality TV or The Bachelor until a couple of years ago. I was in my last relationship. We kind of watched it every Monday or whatever day it was on. And you got to know the characters and you get to really see how it works um, and, and how people treat people on social media from what they see in 
a show. And it's really bizarre because it's, they can choose an angle and they can choose who, how they want to portray you. Right. And it's really interesting to see because it can break a lot of people down. And I think what Annalise has gone through, what she's going to teach you guys to show you guys today is, is really, it's really amazing because you, you have two, you can look at things from two ways, right? You can, you can allow them to really break you down and, you know, make things worse in your life, or you can look at them and be like, what is this teaching me? And it was really, it was awesome. We also get into her, her story about how she's got out of, you know, since, since the reality TV, what she's doing, her transformation and how she's showing up authentically and creating new fans and, you know, her, and then she gets into some, you know, vulnerable moments with her dad. So it was a really good episode. I highly recommend you guys listen to the end. It's an empowering episode and I think you guys will enjoy it. So if you do get value from this, please share this with a friend, leave us a review on Apple if you can, and most importantly, enjoy the show. Make sure you follow Annalise on Instagram. She's got great content and she's an awesome human. So enjoy the podcast. Annalise Puccini coming right up. Annalise, welcome to the show. Finally, we're making it happen. How are you doing in Hawaii over there? I'm good. <laughs> I'm happy to be connecting finally too. Yes. From one tropical place to another. From one tropical place to another. <laughs> You're in Hawaii, living the life over there. How is it? Uh I mean, as you know a little bit yourself, but your listeners don't know, I'm on my own sort of eat, pray, love journey at the moment. So um, I'm trying to just live it up as much as I can and experience as much uh, growth as the islands are allowing me to uh, to, to bloom in. You know, <laughs> I'm letting it. I'm letting it all come in, soaking it all in, taking every adventure, and just going for it. Yeah, it's amazing. So it's, been good. it's amazing how the environment around you can really help you in the creative process. And we'll get into all that. Just like being in like an abundant environment of nature just does something to the soul. Oh yeah. It's like, I mean, it's that, it's that getting grounded, you know, it's like, it's impossible not to get grounded physically by putting your feet in like the dirt or the sand every day when you're in a place where, where you can do that very easily. Mm. Yeah. And you're, you've been on quite the journey and I love how you said eat, pray, love. Cause that was a great movie. <laughs> great movie, by the way. I loved it. I've watched it a couple of times. <laughs> it's funny because I don't really think about it. And then lately I've said to people like what my sort of story is and they're like, Oh, you're on an eat, pray, love journey. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess I am. Yeah. And I would love for the listeners to kind of tell us more about that. So you obviously were on the bachelor you know, and we had talked about it on other conversations about the craziness of that, which I want to get into as well. And kind of like, you know, the path that you've been on with like transformation and the poetry and all the things, but I would love to kind of give us a little bit of background about you and what, what led you in, what led you down the road to getting onto the bachelor into that environment? Uh, I mean, it's so funny because I look back on it and it feels like a whole nother world. You know, it feels like a different person that I'm talking about when I reflect back on it because it, it hasn't been that long. But transformation, as we all know, can uh, can happen at different times in life over different kind of, um, you know, speeds. Like sometimes it's more rapid and sometimes there's more development than other times. And so I... I went on The Bachelor, um, let's see, I was 32 when I went on and I was just like, 
it, things just didn't really feel like they were working out. You know, it was like one failed relationship after another. I, um, I've always been a bit of a wanderlust. I did like a six month solo trip through Europe when I turned 30. And so I've always been like a little bit of an adventure seeker anyways, which is really ironic because how I was portrayed on the bachelor is like the the opposite of that. But, um, but yeah, so I, I got a call one day and, um, and this girl was from casting and she said, I just had five people in the office say like, you need to get a hold of this girl. And that's, that was me getting on The Bachelor. Um, well, the start, that was the first call of me getting on The Bachelor. Cause then it was six months or something of like auditions and, and that whole process. And, but I was, like I said, I was 32 and I was single. I was um, doing event planning at the time. I just didn't really feel like, I didn't really know what was, what I was doing, you know? And I was, I was um, thinking in a lot of ways. I was like holding onto ideas that I thought maybe The Bachelor would help me live out, i.e. babies, family, things like that. And so I was like, this might be the thing, you know? And um, so I was hopeful and I am a hopeful, optimistic person just generally in life. And so I was like, why not? Um, And I did it and it opened up doors. So I'm grateful for that, but it was definitely an interesting experience. Since then, I went on to do two spinoff shows. So I did two Bachelor in Paradise. Um, <laughs> why? I don't know why I kept going back. It, it was it's like, fun. It's fun. You know, I'm like a glutton it's... for what is that saying? I'm a glutton for, uh, for punishment or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, the thing is, is again, it's like that part of me that's constantly hopeful and constantly thinking maybe this is the time, you know? Um, and every time I felt like I was just in a place in my life where there was different reasons that I was open to the opportunity. And so I did it. And, um, and again, like I have a friend actually staying with me right now from paradise and, uh, from when we did paradise together. And like, I wouldn't have met her if I hadn't done the show, you know what I mean? And so there's, there's things that I'm truly grateful for. Um, and it's given me a little bit more of a, a voice and a platform and things like that. So there's, there's definitely things that I'm grateful for, but my transformation from like the person I was when I went on the bachelor to the person I am like sitting in front of you right now, uh, I think especially to people who know me from The Bachelor, it's like virtually unrecon- unrecognizable mm. um, because of probably a lot of ways of how I was portrayed. But I also just think the growth that I've had in the last couple of years has been very bang, bang, bang. And so the lessons have come really quick. There's been a lot of things that I've had to address. I couldn't just sit back and, and uh ignore the things that the universe was like shouting at me Mm -hmm. so it was finally a time to just address them and so coming to Hawaii and being on my own eat pray love journey has really been a great opportunity for me to actually just take a time out I think 2020 was that for a lot of people too in general and just sort of take a step back and be like I don't have the distractions of like FOMO you know of like going out and like feeling like I have to be doing these things Um, this is a time for me to just really figure out like who I am, what I want, why I keep having these same patterns in life and, you know, really addressing some of those like big questions that we tend to either overlook, I think in just day to day, like, you know, the rat race, you just sort of get into this rhythm and then it's, you don't take breaks and breaths to really sit with things. Um, so this has been a good time for me just to sit with a lot of the things that have happened over the last couple of years and just address them in a, in a much more in-depth way than I ever have before. See, 
it's always so interesting because our stories have so many layers to them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and they all make up who we are and they don't define us now, but it's like, there's just so many key points to like how we met certain people, what decisions we made moving forward. And I always find it fascinating, you know, because it's all part of it. It's all just as important, you know, like every single piece of it, whether it was, it felt uncomfortable, whether it was fun, whether it wasn't like, there's just, it's all part of it. I just find that so interesting with people's stories and especially yours, because I want to just dig in a little bit more about, you know, this, this show as to like what your expectations were going in and like how, how it made you feel, because obviously, you know, there was things that you came out of that you, you know, that you had to work through and there was, there was challenges. And I, I love the path that you're on right now. I love what you're doing. And like, we've talked, you know, offline about things and it's just like, that situation is never easy, especially when you're in the public eye and people that don't even know you are making judgments about you. And that, like, I remember you telling me a bit about this before, and I was trying to put myself in that position and how challenging that would be because you want to explain yourself, but you can't really, and everything's taken out of context. So (laughs) walk us through that a little bit, because I think it's really important at kind of like understanding like after that, your transformation moving forward. Yeah, that's such an interesting uh, outsider's view of it because it is, it's so spot on. It's like something I've been working on a lot recently is just judgment. Like the idea of judgment is so, um, it's been really impactful in my growth recently in, in really understanding where, I mean, I think it's so sad that, and I'm sure there's so many people that feel the same, but I almost have a comfort zone in being judged. Like it's almost a place of comfort for people to judge me, you know? Um, and cause then I know what their feelings are of me, whether they like me or dislike me. And that's like, it's so, and then it's like, then I'm basing who I am off of like the reaction that I'm getting from somebody because of their judgment of me. Like if they think I'm something, then I'm that person, you know, it's like, it, it messes with our heads so much. And it's actually just, it's, I mean, it's, it's very sad. And I grew up um, acting and modeling. I did like my first jobs when I was three years old, you know? So for me, like being in front of a camera or being in front of people saying, Oh, her smile is not big enough. Her hair is not blonde. I, whatever, like the judgments, especially in the acting modeling world that you get um, on your physical appearance you're, you're, that's a, it just becomes a norm to you. And so for me, I, I think again, like being on the bachelor, it was a totally different, uh, perspective on being judged. Cause I now was being judged. I mean, yes, for like a bunch of other things I was, um, I was like on the older side for the bachelor world. And so I felt like my age was something that was, um, was a judgment was also something that was used to kind of get in my head of like, you know, well, you're the oldest one here. Like, how do you think that makes you, you know, how, like, do you think he feels like you look older than other people? And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, do I look old? Like, you know, should I, should I be judging myself? Should I feel self-conscious about those things? And it's like, no, (laughs) you know, I know I'm on. I'm like, I know I'm a great person. I know I'm a catch. I don't have to worry about those things, but those judgments of other people start to impact how we think about ourselves. And so it's really important to get super, super, um, confident and just like, um, 
strong about, I don't care about your judgments of me. You know, the only judgments that matter are the judgments that you have. Well, and it's like, I don't even like that word judgments, but it is, it's like the things Mm -hmm. that we want to believe about ourselves. I think that's who you are. That's who you should, you should be. That's who you live as, you know? Mm. Um, but when other people are placing judgments on you and then you're kind you're trying to defend things too, like you said, being cut like in the show's world, when there's, you're, you're, you're trying to defend who you are. You're trying to be your most authentic self while still trying to be, there's just so many things going on. You're trying to like be this person that you think you're supposed to be. And, and there's just a lot of things swirling around in your head. And then, um, and then after the fact, when you see how it's edited and you're like, that's not me. And then people don't want to believe that that's not you because that's what they want to believe you are. And I think also, like, I think honestly, like sometimes I, I love my community on social media right now. They're great. But I think in the beginning, people maybe didn't love me because they maybe didn't feel like I was authentic or genuine because they were like, but we saw this person and now you're this person. But I'm like, no, no, no. I was always this person. I was just edited to be that person. That is so fascinating when you think about it, right? Because yeah. these people see this TV show and look, I've watched it a little bit. My ex, my ex, like two years ago, I think what season it was, it was probably the first time I watched it. And it's like, you start to build these, these relationships with these people. And you mm-hmm. only know about what you're being shown about them. They create these characters and you start to be like, man, I hate that person. Or mm-hmm. why does she do that? Or why does he do that? And you're like, wait a minute. How do I even know that that's true? Like I'm only been showing that like they're professionals at developing a storyline. And then you see it on social media and then people make the reaction based on the show. But you're, this is months later and you're just living your life. And then all of a sudden people are like, they see this clip of you. And I just, I can't believe it sometimes that like how challenging that must be. And that's why I love talking about this because this is like real life stuff. People are attacking. People are going after people about things they did on the show that was out of context. You know, we had a mutual friend, Caitlin Bristow, who I used to work with for many years. And I was away in Australia when she was doing the bachelor. But I remember hearing about her taking a lot of abuse online with people and, and, you know, a lot of hatred on uh, social media. And it's just, it's brutal because people attack you and then you can't really say anything back. And it just becomes this, this thing. So like, how has your experience been with, with the haters or like these people? Because there's a certain amount that bounce off. There's a certain amount that, uh, that, that kind of hurt. And you hear this even with, like some of the biggest names, Joe Rogan, other people, they just stop reading comments because it's just like, you realize you, you just can't win. How was that journey? You know, when, when, the, when the show started to come on, you're coming on social media, you're seeing it and then people are attacking you. Like, how did you even navigate that? I mean, it's, it is such a hard thing to navigate, especially when you're, you've never had to deal with it. And then all of a sudden you're having, you know, hundreds, thousands, whatever, of people DMing you, commenting all these things. And you're like, and like you say, there's, there's, you know, contracts that you sign and things like that. So there's a level, I'm glad that uh, some of the inside scoop of what goes on in the bachelor world is actually being slightly more exposed because it, it gives us an opportunity to speak, speak a little bit more freely about it, but there's definitely things that you're not supposed to defend yourself, you know? And so, um, because that's, that is a character. And if you defend yourself, then you're 
you're saying no, that's, you know, that's, it's not correct, accurate information. So, um, it's, so it's tricky, but I, I think the biggest thing for me is with like the troll, the, you know, the kind of like negative things. I don't, I just am not a negative person to begin with. So I don't like having that energy even on my feed. So most of the time, uh, I mean, it kind of depends. A lot of times I actually like to reach out to the person. And um, I mean, again, like I I know that there's some times where it's it's almost just a a cry for help, a little attention or something like that, where I'll reach out and I'll say like, listen, you know, that was hurtful. And maybe a better way to approach a comment like that would be this way. And I try to make it like a, as much of a it sounds patronizing, but as much as like a teaching moment as possible so that hopefully they can go on to be kinder <laughs> to other mm-hmm. people in the world. Um, and I would say nine times out of 10, the reaction that I get when I do that is a positive response back. Mm. There's a lot of, so there's a lot of times where, you know, there is a little bit of a, but you said this and I'm like, let's just like, think about, think about that, you know, and then I'll try to, I'll try to structure it differently for them to think about it in a different way. And a lot of times it actually like kind of smooths things, smooths things out, Mm. but obviously there's always going to be different opinions. There's always going to be people that don't like you. And I think that's one thing that I've just had to get to a point. And that's like with judgment and things like that. I just had to get to a point where I'm like, I don't care, you know, like I can't care if everyone likes me. It's never going to be possible. I have to get rid of the perfection um, persona that I kind of have built up in my head my whole life because that's what I've been told that I have to be is this perfect person. And so with like the haters, it's it's either just a, I delete it because I don't want that negativity even in my like energy sphere or I address it. And if I, um, like I said, it either like goes one of two ways. It like goes in a positive direction or it doesn't. And then a lot of times then I just remove that person too. Cause I would rather personally, like, I'm not looking, I'm not like an influencer Instagrammer person right now. That's like, let me get millions of followers. I'm trying to just be authentically me and speak my message and like be somebody that somebody else out there resonates with and is like, she makes me feel heard. She makes me feel seen or I'm, she's an inspiration to me or whatever. And so if it, if I have to lose followers, but gain followers or keep those followers that really feel that way, then I would much rather have that like impactful audience that I'm speaking to than just a bunch of random people who know me because I was some way on TV. Yeah, that's great self-awareness, right? That's, it's very important, but uh, you know, a lot of people that make it to that level or, you know, more fame and they get all these followers, but they don't have the tools to deal with all the craziness that comes with it. Right. Because Mm -hmm. that's part of, that's part of it. Even, you know, creating success in any part of life, when you get more followers, you're going to deal with haters, whether it's in business, whether it's social media influence or whatever. And if you don't have any solid tools, it could hurt and it can cut deep. And a lot of these people that are, you're absolutely right, that are criticizing you are just scared little boys or scared little girls that are just like, they're hurt. And they're, they, they see something in others that they wish that they could do. And it triggers them. And it's like, they just need a hug sometimes. You know, like it's <laughs> honestly, it's, I feel like honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like so much of the bachelor experience, especially, I mean, it's, it's been 
such a mirror because because obviously there's things about me that yes were played up to be a character but then there's also things about me that I I didn't like seeing that reflection back I didn't like seeing that part of me that was magnified I guess you know it's it's a part of me I wouldn't say it's as big as what they make it but it's you know there's probably parts of of everyone's character comes from something right so like yes I'm that person I said those things but it was magnified for television and so Mm -hmm. those things exist in me that's what I had to realize. And so mm. that's another thing that I had to, I had to figure out. Like, so one of the things that I was known for and everyone like made it very, I think this is almost where like the, the first, I've always been really into just like positivity and supporting communities and like being, I started all these programs in high school, like dads make a difference. And like, like I'd go to high schools and middle schools and talk about like STDs and like all sorts of stuff. I was just I wanted to bring awareness about, um, about things. And so I guess it's like not uncommon for me to do this, but it's funny how you forget about some of the things that you do or that you were passionate about at one time. And so I remember in, um, in my season of the bachelor, there was a whole bumper car trauma thing and it became like this very laughable thing. Cause it is, it's funny. They made it funny for TV. They had flashbacks, they, you know, but it was the first time that I actually recognized this, like this platform again of, of like, yeah, we can make fun of that. But then if you actually think about trauma and you think about where it comes from, I would say most of the times it's the most, I'm going to say in air quotes for those of you just listening, but it's the most ridiculous things that sometimes can trigger trauma. You know, it's like a smell or a glass of milk. I don't know. It could be something. And it's like, it's, those things are actually, and for me, it was bumper cars. And it's like, it might not have actually been the physical bumper cars. I just, that's what I associate this like trauma or pain with from my childhood. And so that became like a platform for me that when I was speaking um, on podcasts and doing interviews afterwards, people always wanted to make that a big joke. And I'm like, it's actually not a funny thing though. There's so many people who, yeah, trauma comes from literally everything, mm. you know, and you can be triggered by so many things. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I w- if I was a viewer, I would have been like, oh my God, this girl, I would have been rolling my eyes at me, you know? But then looking back at it, it was the first time a mirror was held up where I was like, why? Why did I get so emotional? Why was that so hard for me? And then it was like, okay, I did have a, like my parents were going through their divorce then. I had a, a boyfriend in high school who died in a car accident. I ha- Like there was all these other things that I started to be like, I don't know what exactly it was, but there was something in my body that was just like that gut feeling of like, this doesn't feel right, but you're being forced to do it. And you also have to put a smile on your face because you're being filmed, you know? And then at points you just can't hold it in anymore, especially when you're being filmed, you know, in normal times, you just go to the bathroom and you're like, cry about something. You're like, well, okay, I needed to get that out. That was weird. But when you're like, not really allowed to be alone and have those moments to process, it comes out in a much different way also, you know? So, um, but these are all things that I'm, I, I'm grateful for it. You know, like it sucks that I'm the girl that was known for that, but at the same time, it made me realize a lot of things. So it was like a big step. From the sounds of it, something like that could either really damage a person or really empower them. And you've really taken the empowered road to look at all the things and go, Oh, okay. Like I can, I can learn from this. Right. And I can move forward. A lot of people wouldn't be able to do that. That would be like traumatizing in itself. (laughs) Right. Like, 
There's a yeah. lot of a lot of that stuff people can't handle. I mean, I think that's like where I'm at in my life right now, though, is it's like all the things that maybe I haven't wanted to handle or I mean, I, again, it's like it's so hard because I have to I have to be very aware lately of of the fact that my life is very different than a lot of people's lives. Like my parents and I, I hate this because I whenever I say this, people are like, don't blame your parents. And I'm not. It's just a fact. But I'm a child of divorce. And and so I like grew up going to therapists, you know, it was like not a weird thing for me to see a therapist. And then, um, I had the, the, I'm trying to like say this more, but learning disabilities, but which is the, the politically correct way to say it now is neurodiversity. So that's something that I'm also trying to like speak on a little bit more too. But even with that, I had at one time, I think I had like four or five therapists at a time. I had like a therapist for my mental health. I had one for, eyes, ears, like, I mean, you name it, I saw a therapist for. And so uh, for me, like dealing with things that are difficult or things that make you feel different um, have, have been a part of my existence always. Mm. Mm. So this is just now taking it to another level where I'm, I'm meditating, I'm writing, I'm like going to that next level of understanding basically it's beautiful i mean it's we got to move forward right and we have to be able to look at things from that perspective and i guess my next question is you know what are some of the tools that you apply in your life that help you get through these moments of overwhelm or trauma, like let's say you get triggered. We all have them, whether they be mm-hmm. like small or large, there's, there's all kinds of kinks in our timeline of what causes certain responses emotionally. And it happens. What are some of your tools that you use to get through those? I mean, at different times of, of my life, I deal with things differently. Um, I would say it's also been really interesting because I've used this time to kind of reflect back and be like, how have I dealt with things in the, in the past? You know, like, do I run from my problems? I'm in a really unique situation right now where, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of how to not give the, <laughs> how to not have to tell the whole story, but give you like a little bit of, uh, um, context. But basically I'm in a unique situation where I live very close to my ex and, um, mm-hmm. in, in, other circumstances, uh, if it wasn't COVID still going on, if there weren't travel restrictions, if I like, there's so many other things that like in the past, if a relationship didn't, you know, end well or whatever, um, it'd be so easy just to up and leave and just like not have to deal with it. And I am faced with him almost daily. And so it's been a really interesting process for me. And also it's been so eye-opening and so um, uh, it's made it very clear on how much growth I've actually had because the person who I was maybe five years ago would have probably dealt with this very differently than the person that I am now, you know? Mm. So there's just, um, yeah, I think it really depends like where you are in your life and, 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 And if you've done the growth along the way, then you're going to do things differently. So right now I would say what I do for, for me is every morning I almost first thing I drink some water and I meditate. 
meditate or vice versa. It depends how thirsty I am. Uh, but I meditate like right off the bat. And so that's just like to get me, get me started, get me centered. And then that's like the get in nature. Those are like the two things that I kind of need to do for me. Um, I'm seeing my therapist again, which I feel like is huge. I think, um, writing has been a really huge thing for me this time around, like uh, in my growth. I feel like that's the thing, like growth is an ongoing process, but there's times that we really, we really like hone in on it hard, you know? And so there's maybe chapters where you're gonna, you kind of just like do, you do what you normally do. You just coast and you do the things that you do, right? But then there's like things in your life that are gonna be so impactful that are gonna make you go, okay, wait, I gotta go deeper. Like this is just the meditating in the morning and taking a walk on the beach is not enough for me. I need to like really do the next level of healing. And then you, you do that, you do the next level, you know? And so, um, and you, and then you kind of get out of that routine and dive deeper. That's how I am anyways. Uh, and so I think I'm just in a, that was sort of the, the, the catalyst was this like breakup and move to Hawaii and all of these things that got me on this chapter um, of like healing and growth and dealing with things like my dad passed away a couple of years ago. And so there's like things that I feel like I've processed and I've been dealing with, but I'm, it's like going to that next, it's just going to that next level of healing and growth. And that's where I'm at right now. So it's just like the full dive in <laughs> diving into the deep end. I'm sorry to hear about your, your dad. Thank you. Has that been challenging as well? Going navigating? Cause I can relate. It's it's, it's a, it's a strange wave, wave of emotions, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really a bizarre, my dad and I had a really, really strange relationship, um, as it was. So, uh, but I just, it's like, it, I think, especially with what's happened in the last couple of years, it just makes you, um, <clears throat> really, really appreciate the, the relationships and the connections that you have. I didn't speak to my dad for six years and we, we reunited, uh, five years before he passed. I finally, like I reached out to him and I was like, I don't want to, I basically like, I was in a serious relationship at the time. And I just had this like premonition of walking down the street, like pushing a stroller and being like, Oh my God, dad, hi, like, this is your grandkid. You know, like I just had this feeling that he was going to miss out on all of these big moments in my life. And so I just, I wrote him a letter and I was like, I don't want it to be like that. And so we were actually like working on repairing our relationship. And so it just, it makes me sad because I feel like there was still a lot to repair there. There was still a lot to, um, a lot for us to kind of like, you know, get to know each other and be father, daughter and have that time together. But I am grateful. I have to, I just have to be like, I'm grateful for the, the last five years that I had with him. Yeah. I mean, that loss is challenging and it never, it never goes away. It just, I guess you get better at processing the waves of emotion that come up sometimes. Cause sometimes mm -hmm. does it like, I know with me, it hits me and I'm like, Oh man, I thought I was over this and I'll get super emotional about it. I'm like, I can feel it. And then sometimes I'll kind of forget. I'll just sort mm -hmm. of, it's really interesting how it comes in in waves like that. And you really, you know, you just have to fully accept it and be grateful for what the times that you had, 
and you know do your best to move forward but of course it never goes away it's always such a challenging mm-hmm. it's a challenging way to navigate now, through like i haven't cried about it in a, in i don't know yeah. a while and just saying that to you i was like oh my god i feel that feeling of you know that little bead going up from your stomach into your throat where i'm like am i gonna cry right now no <laughs> i'm not but yeah it is interesting and it's also just um <laughs> Yeah, I think the biggest thing in this last year, I'm like, my dad would have freaking hated being alive right now. (laughs) He would have been like, get me out of here. So I'm like, well, at least you didn't have to live this. But um, but but also, I mean, there's just for me, it's like the biggest thing is there's just times where I'm like, God, it would be it'd be just nice to get your advice, you know? Oh, I know. I completely agree. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know, have like the dad's advice. You know, what do you think about this? Yeah. You know, and for all you, all of you listening out there, make sure if you still have a parent around and go hug them tonight or call them or something, you know, because it's, you don't, it's so temporary life, you know, especially with our parents, we think they're going to be there and they're not always going to be there. And it's something to really think about, you know? Absolutely. Even with your grandparents. Cause I I was talking to a friend the other day and I was like, man, it was such an interesting thing. She said, she said like, her grandma, I think has dementia and, and, you know, is not doing well. And she's like, I just, I don't want to cry when I'm on the phone with her. And I, I was like, cry, like yeah. just, you know, I, it might, I hate to say it, but I'm like, you might not get those opportunities. And if you are, even if you have to cry to be on the phone with her, just call her, you know, but, um, you know, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it really just makes you appreciate life and, and what you have and, and, uh, yeah. And I'm like, I know that he is watching and going like, okay, I'm proud of you. So that's yeah, we, we just live in such a fast paced world and everybody is looking to get to the thing, the success or the achievement. And, you know, I know for me, it was like, oh, they'll always be there. It's okay. Like, I'll, I just got to get there. I got to get there. And you know what? Like, where is getting there? You know, there's always mm-hmm. going to be another thing to get to. And it's like, we got to really pay attention to the present moment. Like who's in my life? Who do I value? You know, what kind of relationships do I have? They're not going to be there forever. And especially with parents, you know, I, I think about my dad and I'm like, man, I was an asshole sometimes. I was doing my best. You know, I don't beat myself up about it, but there's things I relive, you know, about family members that aren't around. Right. And it's like, yeah, it's like, Oh, I could have, should I done that better? I should have done that better. So it's good for, to have this conversation because then people may be like, okay, I just needed the the realization that to to hear somebody else. Now I'll go call my parents, you know, and that's, that's really what's important. I mean, I like, this is so messed up, but I like, wouldn't for years, I wouldn't say I love you to my dad because I knew that it like was, it was like hurting him, Mm. but I like, he had hurt me so much that I didn't want to give him that satisfaction of, of the fact that I loved him, even though I knew in my heart, like I didn't like him most of the time. Like, I really, there was, I'm, I speak very openly and freely and he knew it, you know, like we had very different, very different, um, thought process on, on things. And, uh, but at the core, he was my dad and I did love him, you know? So, and I do love him. So I think it's, it's those kinds of things too, where it's like, sometimes you gotta, that's, I mean, ego pride, all of those things are, are, they affect so many aspects of our lives, you know, and it's once you start to realize what is ego and what is just me wanting to be a, you know, jerk to my dad or to whomever, like, uh, and you can start to actually realize like, okay, I'm doing this like selfishly. 
I mean, actually hurting both of us, you know, in the end there's, it's, it's not, it's not favoring anyone. And also maybe having those conversations. Like I wish that I would have said to my dad, listen, I, I love you, but it doesn't mean I like who you are a lot of times. Like if I would have just said that it probably would have been something that would have been a fulfilling thing for both of us. But instead I, I mean, again, like the end I was, I would say it to him and it's just three words, but you know, it's, um, I think he probably knew it inside that I was hurt so much that I didn't want to say it to him, but that I felt it, you know, did, did that relationship with your dad have an impact on relationships that you had with like your boyfriends and stuff? Like, was that was, cause I, I feel like a lot of the times, you know, the relationships we have with our parents can reflect in how we treat the other people. Did you ever notice, was there any like things that you've noticed now? They're like, Oh wow. That was, that was some behaviors that were triggered from my dad or from my mom. Do you ever notice that? Has that ever? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's like, I mean, it's, I hate, I hate that. Like, you know, daddy issues or whatever. Like I hate that, but at this, at, because everyone has things that are passed down from their parents, like behavioral things, you know, we're taught how to love, how to um, interact with people, how to live in a house, all of those things, whether we rebel against it or whether we embrace it and, and adopt it for ourselves um, later in life, like we all take, they're our biggest teachers, you know, relationships in general are our biggest teachers. And so I think, your parents, yeah, they're, they're the first idea of what life should look like. And um, so it's really difficult. And I think anyone and everyone, even if you come from a, a family that's a super loving, uh, united, you know, the, the idea of like the perfect family, you're still going to have issues because guess what? You're always going to try to have that perfection yeah. and might not get that, you know, or in your mind, you have an idea of what, what their relationship is. But, um, but so I think that's the thing. I mean, that's another thing. It's the judgment and the idea of perfection that I'm really just trying to throw out the window these days. And, and, uh, and I think those, like, to me, if I can, if I can actually live that authentically and throw those out the window and, and, I think that's, I think those are huge, huge things to actually live a very successful, happy life. Mm. Personally, that's where I'm at right now. Anyways, mm. ask me that in like six months, I might have a different answer. No, I, I, I love that because, you know, sometimes when I ask questions like that, I'm like, I don't know how the person's going to react. Like, no, that's nothing to do with it, but I'm glad because. No, it's like, you no, have to yeah. embrace it and own it. Like, of course. Yeah. I mean, how could you not? Totally. How, how could a relationship like that not impact who I am today? Totally. And that's again, great self-awareness. And I, I love that. That's, that's the, that's the skip. That's the key is like, we just need to be aware of these things. And it's the only way we can move forward and learn. Right. And I, I, I wanted to ask you if we could go deeper into your last relationship <laughs> because, okay, you gave us a little teaser about, Oh, I broke up with this guy. And now we live close and it's COVID. Can we hear it? Cause you said, I don't want to tell the whole story, but can I dig in? Can we go a little bit? Yeah. yeah. No, I can, I can tell you. I just don't want to like, like, no, this is, this is really interesting because you know, you move somewhere, you break up and then you're forced to be around this person. And what a test, you know, can you tell us more about that relationship and how that unfolded into like how you are today? Um, I mean, I think I, Oh, relationships, relationships. I mean, I, 
all the time, it's just like, they are our biggest teachers. We learn our lessons, you know, the hardest, the best ones, and, and we become who we are. And, and hopefully just like, it helps propel us into the best versions of ourselves for our, you know, for, forever or whatever, like the person that we're going to be spend the most of our time with in a, in a romantic partnership. Um, so I have to say this last relationship was probably the most teaching uh, relationship I've ever come out of. I feel like I learned more lessons in this relationship than I have in any other. And so for that, I'm grateful <laughs> for that. Um, no. Uh, so yeah, I mean, everything was really, really great. Um, we had, I would say what one would, one would view as, or one would call a, uh, a really, you know, healthy, good relationship. But, uh, basically, uh, again, not to go too much into it, but go into it is two days before we signed a six month lease, um, on a house in Hawaii. And, um, we were spending some time in Jersey with his family. I flew back to San Francisco to pack up our things to move. And during those two weeks, he met somebody um, during COVID times, <laughs> mind oh, you. Wow. What a jerk. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and two days before moving here, he broke up with me. And so I, he flew back to San Francisco, like moved out of my house. Um, cause we were living together. And then I, uh, yeah, I decided I still wanted to come. And so I decided um, this is just as much my journey and, and my thing. And so I'm going to go. And so I came out here uh, at that time. He wasn't sure if he was going to come, but there was still like a possibility that maybe I didn't know he had met somebody. He didn't tell me that. And so um, like there was still possibility for us to work it out in my mind. So it was like that hope was still alive. And I came to um, came to the island and was in a house for two weeks by myself could not leave it's when they were mandating the two-week quarantine so during those two weeks it was actually like the most beautiful time of my life and I think we've actually spoken about this I think this is when we first connected actually mm -hmm. because uh during that time I was just in it like I was so I couldn't do anything I didn't have I didn't have um tv I couldn't leave the house. I'd go in the yard, but that was it. Like you couldn't leave and go explore, had groceries delivered. I had no human contact for two weeks, basically. And so every day I was just like waking up at 5 a.m., <clears throat> meditating, reading for an hour, writing. Like then I would look at my phone. Um, it was just a really beautiful time of me. Uh, I don't even know, just like, getting clear, you know? And, um, and so I, yeah, then he said that he was, he had met somebody and he was coming with her. And I was like, what? <laughs> like That was a shock. Um, I had gotten a place <laughs> because at that time, again, we were like thinking about doing couples therapy or something like, try we were like, let's take a step back. Like maybe we just take a step back and maybe we were just because of COVID, like living together, it was just too fast, too much, you know? And so let's just take a step back. And so, um, so I got a place and then obviously because he's coming with a girl now, I was like, I guess I'm not using 
your car as our car anymore. So I have to get my own car. So I got my own car. Like I just really had to fend for myself and we left it totally amicably. Like when we broke up in San Francisco, it was very much like, you'll always be in my life. You're somebody really special to me. And, and um, this isn't goodbye. This is a see you later. Like all of these kinds of things. And he has not said one word to me since being on the Island and I see him almost daily. So um, Hmm. it's, it's a really, I think it's truly heartbreaking when somebody uh, comes into your life and is a beautiful part of like, you know, like we had so much fun together and it was such a beautiful relationship and there really wasn't, it wasn't bad, you know, it was a great relationship, but um, I mean, now I look back and I can see where he isn't my person, but it's just sad that um, he can't face me. He can't say hi to me, like even hi. It's just, um, I don't know, maybe one day, but until then, I'm just living, living my life. And, you know, um, but that's where I'm like, there's a pride and ego part too, where I'm like, it is uncomfortable. I waved at him yesterday accidentally because he was in the car with somebody else. And I was like waving to the person driving. And then I was like, shoot. Um, but like, you know, it's that kind of stuff where like, I shouldn't feel weird about that. I should be like, Oh, I waved at him. You know what I mean? And, um, but I think that's where it's like the pride and ego. I'm like, do I put that aside? Do I reach out to him, you know, and just like bygones be bygones. But I also think that there's, there's a healing and a, and a process that everyone needs to go through too on their own. So I'm, I'm just in a place where I'm like, I don't really care anymore. Um, so I think I'm probably more at that place where maybe it's still a little uncomfortable mm. for him, you know, whatever. So that's my situation. Yeah. I, <laughs> thank you for sharing. I love how honest you are and how like, you know, vulnerable you are and you share this because it's really, it's all we are is the truth. Right. And that's how we heal. And that's how, you know, other people get permission to do the same is by us sharing. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. And I know we're running out of time, so I want to make sure we talk about your book and and you know writing it and all your poetry and all this because we've talked about it offline. And I know I'm I didn't do our we got to do our poetry exercise again. So as I've oh just my like, god, I totally I know, forgot you I failed. Know, I know we'll have to do it. Oh. We'll have to do it. I'm like there's something about poetry that I need to lean into that I know I'm feeling resistance, but I know on the other side of it it'll be so good. But enough about that. We can talk about that later. I want to hear about your book for everybody that wants to like, you know, learn more about it. Like walk us through that a little bit. Okay. So, um, so the book was really born out of that two week quarantine when I first got here and I was by myself. Uh, I started talking to a therapist again. I started, you know, like reading all of these books and I just felt super inspired. I literally, I guess it was born a little bit before. I remember on the plane ride, um, from San Francisco over to Hawaii, there was like, no TVs on the plane. Um, my, my computer was like out of batteries. And so I, I had nothing but my thoughts right after a breakup. And that's like the worst thing, but like the best thing, you know? And so, uh, for five, five and a half hours, however long, long the flight is, I wrote the whole time. I didn't stop writing and I got here and it was the same thing. I just, I couldn't stop. And so, um, I just started to feel like, you know what, like, maybe this is, maybe this could be a book. So that was in September, 2020, that I started actually putting these things together. And I've always kept a visual journal. Uh, When I travel the world, I bring this little art book and I just 
sketches. I do watercolor and I sketch and sometimes I'll write a little bit, but it's, it's mostly visual. So I wanted it to be sort of um, a blending of the two. So my poetry along with this sort of visual art journal and uh, I just want it to feel really personal to my, to me and relatable. And like I've said to you so many times, poetry doesn't have to be good. It just <laughs> is, it's a collection of words that you put together that somehow make you feel like it's something beautiful and someone else probably will too. Mm. So for me, I'm like, I want, the, I, I mean, I think right now I'm, it's me right now in the minute. It's like vulnerable, authentic. It's, I don't care if you like it or not. It's the, I'm putting the judgment of what you think of it away. It's, it's, I think it's good. And that's all that matters because someone else out there is going to pick it up and be like, wow, that helped me through a heartbreak. And so it kind of dives into also, there's a little bit of a storytelling of the journey through love, heartbreak, and growth and healing and finding yourself again and feeling really empowered and all of that. So it's, um, it's mostly poetry with some of my drawings. Uh, it's, it's a little interactive so that uh, hopefully like somebody like you would be able to pick up the book and, um, and actually think, you know what, maybe this is, maybe this is going to help me write my own poetry. Um, but yeah, I talk a little bit about like my, my body issues, my, um, my neurodiversity, like the different things that I've gone through in my life to bring me to who I am today. And, and, um, and yeah, and it's mm. going to be available probably early June. So it's getting to that very exciting point where I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> Amazing. 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 Where can everybody find you? Where is, where is the best place to learn uh, about all your stuff? Yeah, Instagram is probably the best place. It's Annalise P. Mm. Pretty easy. Uh, and, and then there'll be in my bio there, there's information about my book. Um, it's AP Unwritten. And there'll be, yeah, there's an Instagram for that as well. But, um, but I'll be talking more about that on my, on my primary Annalise P. Instagram. So you check that out, you can get links to everything else. Amazing. We'll have it all in the show notes. Are you going to be doing bachelor again or no? Is that it? Is that ship sailed? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the last time I did it, I think, uh, I think they were like, we got to get this girl off this show. Cause I just was like, I was so not playing along, you know, like I, yeah. I think, I think I've probably gotten to the point where I'm just like, Ugh, I, I know I'm going to be edited to say that ridiculous mm. thing. So I'm not going to say it. And, um, so probably not. Yeah. No, it's uh yeah. Wow. Okay. One last question before we sign off is we always, I always ask everybody, what is the most valuable lesson that adversity has taught you? Mm. Oh my gosh. You should have asked this before. Now I got to think for a second. I know. I leave it right to the end. Oh man. Okay. Um, oh, oh. Uh, oh, this is hard. I feel like it has to be super poignant. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect. Remember the poetry? No, I know. Just whatever you're feeling. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just that, um, I mean, it's kind of everything that I've already said. It's just like letting go of that perfection and judgment because there's always going to be something about you that makes you different, unique. And there's always going to be challenges that we all go through, but those are all moments in time that we can look back on and be grateful for it, that we've 
grown from them, that we've come out of them and that we've um, made it to the other side, you know? And so I think those challenges in life are what make us who we are. So it's all just, it's all just beautiful growth in the end. Well said. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm excited for your book and super grateful. I'm that excited we got for to your book too, well, right? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot happening. We got a, we got a lot happening with a summit and stuff too. So yeah, very exciting. And I'm glad we got to connect. We got to actually talk face to face. It's great. <laughs> I know. Same. It's yeah. been overdue. Thanks everybody. Thanks everybody. Go check out Annalise, follow her on Instagram. And if you guys haven't, please leave the, leave, leave us a review if you can on Apple or wherever you listen to platforms that allow it. Subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe as well. Also, guys, University of Adversity Summit, May 21st to 23rd. It's going to be a life-changing weekend with some epic speakers. All the information for that is in the show notes and the link of my Instagram bio. If you aren't following me on Instagram, go follow me now. And it's lance.esios. That's also in the show notes. Click the link in the bio. It'll show you the information for the summit. Much love, everybody. Catch you next time.